yesterday we started looking at something right yes we started looking at something so we'll, we'll continue briefly amen some people are worried that we didn't continue so we'll try and continue so we can look at a few things that i believe will help us hallelujah so we started looking at the accusers mentality the accusers mentality amen you're welcome read second corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 I'm doing that to help you so you understand what we are talking about. Second Corinthians chapter 2, the verse number 11. 2 verse 11. Yeah. For we are not ignorant of his work, of his schemes. So that's where we started our lesson from yesterday. Another version says, For we are familiar with, we know. Do you think you can know the mind of the devil? Hmm? Okay. So, do you know the mind of the devil? Right now, you don't know. Uh, okay. Anyway, so yesterday we established a few things. We established that um, the enemy has thoughts he has a mind he has an approach to doing things and bible says that we are not ignorant of these things in other words god expects that we will know uh, okay so yesterday we established that there are two kinds of things we can know or two planes of knowing number one we can know the way his mind works and then number two, we can know his plan or purpose or specific plan for specific occasions. And we establish the examples. Okay. Then we explain two main terms. We said that the devil has what we call noema. We talked about the mind or the thought. Okay. Or thinking. Okay. Then we also said that he has methodia. Which refers to the premeditation and art expressed in craftiness. So the technique or the approach he uses is to plan to deceive or to trick. Okay. Uh, one of the characteristic definitions that accompanies the devil is that there is one that deceives. So most of his works are done in light of deception. Okay. Most of his works are done in light of deception. Amen. Are we following? Yes. So yesterday, we said that we are beginning to establish gradually the state of his mind, how he thinks and all of that. Amen. So we first established, number one, that the enemy is intelligent or is wise. He has a wise mind. The devil is not foolish. He's not a child. Okay. It is unwise to think that he is unwise. Okay. 
Uh, sometimes people take in somewhere. They say they are going to lash the devil. So they lash the devil. But the devil that they are lashing is still sitting there. Amen. Are we following? Yeah. So we we can't afford to be foolish. We are dealing with him. And then we explored the levels of his intelligence. We said that, number one, he understands his access, where he can be, you know, where he can be, okay, the places that he can be or the place he has access to. Then we also said that he understands his assets, what he has at his power, I mean, within his power, okay, to use or the things that belong to him. You get it? Mm-hmm. Then we said that he understands also his limitation. He knows what he doesn't have. He knows what he cannot do. And it's one of the signs of wisdom to know what you, you cannot do. Okay? It is foolishness to claim to do something you are unable to do. Do you get it? Okay. Then we also said that he knows his time. His time in the sense that he is aware that his time is limited. Okay, and he knows the time also means that he knows when to attack and all of that. Okay, then we also said that um, he expresses intelligence or his wisdom by taking advantage of his assets. Okay, sometimes believers, for example, we have access to many things in God, but a lot of us don't take advantage of that access. Do you get it? And that is a sign that we are not being wise. If God has given us the opportunity to experience something, it is wisdom to take advantage of it. Okay? You can be in a house that will have a lot of things in the house, but it's not everything that we use. The people that know how to gain access are able to use the things that, you know, belong to daddy. Do you get it? Uh There are some equipment that do hide. But when you know you can go for them. You see. Mm-hmm. Then we also says that, uh, yeah. So he, he took advantage of what belonged to him and all of that. Then we said that he presented himself for a mission. You know, he he does not waste opportunity. That's what we said. If the enemy gets you one, he will use it. Okay, the enemy is not is not like. Um, it's not like the way those times we used to go and buy balloons. Do you get it? The balloon, when you pay, they say pick one. And then you pick and pick a small balloon. The enemy, if he gets it, always you get the big one. <laughs> Do you get it? Uh-huh. So he, he doesn't miss opportunity. He's, he's just waiting at your door. Okay? So he said he doesn't miss opportunity at all. Amen. Why? Because he's always seeking to take advantage. Okay, he's always seeking to to have an advantage over you. Amen. Then, beyond the intelligence and the wisdom, we say that he's passionate or zealous. Okay, he's passionate and zealous. And we said that the word that is there, when you read Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, it means intense a desire or overwhelming passion or anger or fierceness 
you know, to be enraged, you see. So the enemy is very passionate. And we exploited the matter of passion or zeal on different levels. How did we exploit it? We said that he was very thorough in his engagement against uh, what they call a Job. When the Lord asked him, where have you come from? He said, I've gone, I've been running to and fro the earth. So first level, he was running all over the earth. And I told that that level is scanning. is checking the people that he can do something to. You get it? Then after running to and fro, which is already multiple times, then he said that I've been walking in the earth. So after running, he now walks in the earth. Now this walking is to narrow down on certain areas and certain people. Because he's not God. He can't be everywhere at every time. Do you get it? So when he scans, he now has to narrow down. Okay, when I come to mommy's place, what will I find in mommy's place? So he, he examines mommy's this thing so that he uses that for planning and mapping. You go and see that, okay, I've estimated mommy, this, 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 this. Do you get it? Are we following? Then, so scanning and then now working to pick details for strategizing. Then we said that he now moved out of the earth into the heavens because he noticed that that is the only chance he has against you. Do you get it? So the, he, he shows that he's, he's relentless in his approach and his pursuit. We believers, we are the ones that, you know, we try one, we try two, and then it's okay, we stop. The enemy doesn't stop until he gets you, he doesn't stop. You see, so he went one, he went twice, he went the third time. Now he moved from the earth to heaven. Uh, mind you, you know, <laughs> anyway, amen. So that is it. Now, so that's what we got to yesterday, right? All right, so we are going to continue from there. Now, the next thing that God so after the Lord asked him, yesterday we concluded that it is not God that suggested Job to the devil. We said that God exposed the issue on the heart of the devil by asking him, so have you considered Job? And then this was the devil's response, which reveals something about him. Does Job fear God for nothing? If Jesus was asked any matter concerning us. He would have given a, a what do you call it? A different response concerning us. Do you understand? Uh huh. Or if the Holy Ghost is asked something concerning us, he would have given a different response because pay attention. Because the Holy Spirit is concerned with helping our infirmity. Helping where we are not strong. Do you understand? Do you get it? Or you don't believe it? We already know that, at least on the matter of prayer. Okay. Uh -huh. Then, let's read concerning Jesus. So we know about the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's read concerning Jesus. This is just briefly so that um, we can all be on the same page. Do you get it? Uh, hallelujah. 
Praise God. I learned something. I don't learn. Teachers. You don't learn. Um, Hebrews. Chapter 4. Verse 14. Read. Hebrews chapter 4. You are reading from verse 14. Amen. So this is Jesus' take on our weaknesses. Bible says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. So Jesus sympathized with our weaknesses. It doesn't mean that he endorses them, but rather he helps us. That is why over here we see that we receive grace to help in time of need. Do you understand? So Jesus' take on what is a weakness in our life is to help us. Okay, is to sympathize with us. The Holy Spirit's take on the weaknesses or the shortcomings in our lives is to help us. Do you get it? Or to sympathize with us. Do you understand? But the devil's own is not like that. Now, mind you, there's in a certain sense no apparent weakness that Joe possessed. But he he wanted to exploit something in the nature of every man. You are going to realize that when we go through the study, everybody carried something like that. Hallelujah. Praise God. So to him, human beings are not strong. They are weak. A lot of the time, um, spirits, I mean, aside God's side, okay, but generally spirits look upon man with um, a certain level or a certain expectation of weakness because of the flesh or that we have come from the flesh, I mean, from the earth or from clay. You understand? So when spirits look about on, upon human beings, they see us to be weak. It's only God that is pleased with us. That is why David said, when I look at what you have made, I mean, the, the heavens that you have made and all of that, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that thou visited him? You see? <laughs> so he was surprised because he, he also could tell how frail we are, how you know, weak this flesh is. So the enemy sought to capitalize on that part of Job. Since he's human, he is not strong enough to just love God genuinely. 
you know, there's a weakness in him. He's only loving God because God is good to him. Let's turn the tables around and see. So he wasn't certain that Job would fail. He doesn't know that. He's not God to know that. You see, but he wanted to try him. Probably he will fail. So this is the same principle he uses all the time. If the enemy wants to deal with you, he's going to deal with an area that he expects you to have a certain kind of weakness all the time. And he's going to come through that door. Until you close the door, he's going to come through that door. But until you prove yourself to be strong in that area, you keep coming through that side. He will not stop. He's going to keep on coming through that side. And some of us, as we are sitting if you cast your mind back a little, you're going to realize that areas that you have failed before, you seem to be tempted in that area over and over again. Because you have not gained much and you keep on coming. You will not stop. You keep on coming. Amen. Do you get it? Are we following? Okay. So he said, does Job fear God for nothing? So the next thing that we are finding about his mind is that he's a strategist. He plans. He plans. He has thoughts. He has premeditations. He's a strategist. So as part of his strategy, he evaluates a man, okay, and tries to estimate the strength of the man and the weaknesses of the man, apparently. Or what appears to him, that is how he's going to, you know. So he estimates, should I go through this side, should I go through this side? So he had estimated Job, he had searched everywhere. He tried to attack him from every point. Job had sailed everywhere. He went to God. He, he, he played that card because he knew that he could exploit that option. Do we understand? Okay. So he plans things according to his anticipated or expected weakness. Let's give examples. The first example we find is Eve. Or man, that is the beginning for all of us. So the devil knew that within the body or the man of the dust, which is the body of the man, are certain affections, okay, which when not controlled can lead money to error. Do you understand? Do you get it? So he speaks to Eve. Has God told you not to eat of this fruit? Said, oh. He said we shouldn't eat. We shouldn't even touch it. And that if we eat, we'll die. He said, it's not like that. When you eat, God knows that when you eat, your eyes will open. You become like God. Mind you, man has worked with God for some time. Has had mad God. You look at God, the glory of God. God is all powerful. God is, is I've become like this. I like and you get it. It's in every human being. All of us, you have it. We see things and then we are excited. Like we are interested. I want this. I want this. I want this. So the enemy capitalized on that. So Bible says that Eve saw the fruit. He saw that the fruit was good for food. You see, she has been eating other fruits in the garden. And she has seen that this fruit is very, what is hidden? It's not apple, by the way. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. What, what is about it? I need to, you know, there's a way you, you see something and you feel like you just want to eat it. 
Do you get it? Sometimes you go and eat and it's not nice. You'll be surprised. They have packaged the thing nicely. Do you get it? They put the chicken and things inside. You look at it. Oh, I want this for you. Buy it and then you are disappointed. The way you thought it would taste, it didn't taste that way. So that, that's the way they saw it. She saw it was good for food. I'm going to enjoy this fruit. And I anticipate that I'm going to be like God. So the enemy capitalized on that desire that is in man, which, you know, they couldn't control. You see, so they ate the fruit and then they went into error. You get it? They understand. So the enemy is going to keep on exploiting those areas or those points in us all the time. Okay? So that is Eve's example. Then um, David also was tempted by the devil. In fact, when you go to the Bible, there are certain portions where the devil is called Satan. Satan, yesterday, as I told you, means what? Adversary or accuser. Okay, adversary or accuser. So he's seen as an adversary and accuser in the life of David. Okay, I think um, Second Corinthians, eh, Chronicles chapter 21 or so. Second Chronicles chapter 21. The Bible says that Satan incited David. Can you read that scripture for us? Are you learning something? Yes. Second Chronicles chapter 21. Or oh, it's First Chronicles. You can check. But it's chapter 21. First Chronicles Yes. Satan stood up against Satan stood up against Israel. He incited David to count the people of Israel. So what did he work on in the heart of, of David? Now, so David asked that the people be counted, that he will know the number. In those days, census or count of the people was instructed by God, and there are purposes of census. We don't just do census to know the number. That's not what we do. Sometimes we count people when we are preparing for war. God gives an instruction. He count the men for war and all of that. You see? Uh-huh. But this one, David had reached a certain point in his, let me say, life and um, I don't want to say career, but in his path in life and he felt like he has arrived he has reached someone. Let me see the number of people that I have. Let me see the my strength and all of that. And then his, um, uh, what they call it, commander, Joab, spoke to him and said, oh, My Lord, I sure you want to do this. Read that scripture for us. So that's verse 3. Yes. Joab replied, May the Lord multiply the number of his people. So wait. So may the Lord multiply the number of his people. So he's trying to tell that instead of counting the people to know the number, leave it in the hands of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Leave it in the hands of God. Let, let God multiply and increase the people. It's to his glory. It's not to you. Do you get it? Continue reading. My Lord the King, aren't they all my Lord's servants? Why does my Lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt upon Israel? Hallelujah. Then Bible says that the word of the king prevailed over the word of Joab. Because he was bent on knowing it. The enemy exploited that place, pride. You see, 
the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. He exploited that area and he got him. He got him. Amen. Are we following? Do you get it? Now, the other person that the enemy capitalized on a certain weakness concerning him is, is uh, Joshua the high priest in the book of Zechariah. Okay? The man of God saw a vision and a vision, he saw that Satan was standing by Zechariah, standing by Joshua, accusing him. Do you get it? Accusing him. Uh, I think Zechariah chapter 3. Are we here? Okay. So Satan was doing his job. He was accusing him. He was dealing with Joshua, the high priest. He was the high priest, but the devil was he was dealing with him. They get it. Then, and the Lord said to Satan, "The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire?" Hallelujah. Now, Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with what? Filthy garments. That was the access that Joshua gave him and he took advantage of it. That was the weakness in the high priest's life. He took advantage of it. He was wearing filthy garments. So he stood against him, accusing him before the Lord. Is it? Yeah. He took it. So when you give the enemy room, he will take it. Anything that he observes as a weakness about you is going to take advantage of it. So Jesus said emphatically, the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. There's nothing in me that the enemy can capitalize on. He cannot. He will not have a foothold in me. May God bring us to that place. May God help us. And bring us to that place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are we following? Are you learning something? So that is Joshua the high priest. Then the devil tempted Jesus. Now, in the temptation of Jesus, mind you, as I said, the devil anticipated or thought that because Jesus is also made of the flesh, he is going to fall by the flesh. Do you understand? Aha. So, look at the time that he came. And look at the first temptation that he, he took him to. Let's go to... Uh, also, are you there already? You can go to Matthew 4, Luke 4. Are we there? Matthew 4. Amen. So he waited after Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And when Jesus was hungry, then he said, turn stone to bread and chop. 
He was trying to capitalize on what he perceived is a weakness in the body, in the flesh. But he didn't know that Jesus has built his spirit to exercise authority over the flesh. I will not eat this. You see, when he came, he waited. The reason why, yesterday I taught you guys that the reason why Jesus went to the wilderness and led by the sea is because the spirit knew that the devil would come and tempt him. The spirit was aware. He was led there to be tempted. But he didn't come uh, till after 40 days and 40 nights. When Jesus was hungry, this hunger there is like the way some of you are feeling right now. <laughs> B, are you okay? Yes. So he's very smart. He's very smart. He didn't come when he was full. Bread, bread is meaningless to someone that is full. No, he will not give you what you are not interested in. He will bring what you are interested in. He said, take this one. You like? You like? You like? Then you two, you say, I love. <laughs> you catch you right now. You get it. So the things that you don't like, they will not bring that one. He knows that you, you don't like this one. Is uh-huh. And that's also part of the reason that sometimes when you have certain desires, talk to God about it to, to help you. Is it because sometimes as you talk, if I for example, I like a certain kind of girl, and I open my mouth, I tell bitches I like a certain kind of girl, and I'll be seen, I'll be seen, the enemy will bring me one. Do you get it? He'll bring one, he will put all the specs inside. And bring the person. Do you get it? Uh, he will go to the river and form one and bring to me. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Hmm? Amen. The way she's looking at me, she said I shouldn't should talk again. So, Okay, so the other person that we find so i mean you can go on i'm just mentioning them one after the other because we have a lot of time the other person that we find that the enemy tried to use this against was also judas you see judas was actually led by the enemy he capitalized in fact judas couldn't resist okay when judas was tempted he couldn't resist the enemy put it in the side to betray jesus and the emphasis is that he betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver and the emphasis is that Judas already had love for money. So of all the disciples that were following Jesus, he was the one that they could use because he loves money. So if you love money, the devil will bring you something that is about money. Do you get it? And may God help us that we can stand. You see, Judas couldn't stand. It's unfortunate. But he capitalized on his weakness. Did you people know that already? If you don't know, I will read the scripture so you remember. Did you know? You didn't know. The way you are looking at me, why you didn't know? You. Did you know? I want to read the scripture. Come again. You, madam, champion, madam. 
Okay. Let us look at this. Let us look at this. Amen. Um, just a moment, please. John twelve. The verse number four. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, is it the way the Bible puts it? Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii? He, when he saw the 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 oil, nah, he evaluated the oil money. When he sees something, his money he sees. Amen. Praise God. For example, when you dress and you come and stand, it's all oh, way hundred, way fifty, way this way. <laughs> yeah, because when they see someone, it's money that they see. Do you get it? Are we following? He said this. No big, I mean, why was this ember not sold for 300 denarii and give it to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was what? A thief. That was his problem. That's what was in him. The enemy capitalized on it. Come again. No, no, no. I didn't see when Jesus called him. I said, but because he was a thief. Yes. Where that was, he was with Jesus and he became a thief. Or after. But I don't think before it was. I don't think. That's not the Bible says, but I don't think. The reason why I say I don't think is that Jesus took time to, you know, pray about these things and select them. And then, as he was speaking to them, he said that, have I not selected two of you, yet one of you is a devil? So probably something happened along the line. Do you get it? Uh-huh, I don't know. Down there, we don't know what it is whether he changed, or maybe it was bad and Jesus wanted to give him a chance. Do you get it? We don't know. Mm. So, but the most important thing is that the enemy capitalized on his weakness and used it against him. Unfortunately, he couldn't come back. He was done for. Okay, so may God help us so that we don't fall for certain traps in Jesus' name. So the other kind of person that the enemy did that to was Peter. Yes, they were talking about Peter. How that the devil wanted to sift him last week, but Jesus had prayed for him. 
Now, um, where Peter, I think, where Peter was seated or went through that thing or that difficulty of persecution was when he actually betrayed Jesus. I mean, he denied the Lord. Okay, he denied the Lord three times. He denied the Lord. He was heartbroken. He was broken. You see? Uh-huh. But the enemy capitalized on something about him. What was it? Peter, before Jesus went, was very zealous. He, he believed in his strength. Do you get it? Sometimes, when you believe in yourself too much, that can also lead you into trouble. Do you get it? Because when, when Jesus was speaking, he said, oh, I'll follow you to death. When they even brought the people to come and arrest Jesus, he picked a knife and cut the, like he was very zealous. Very, very zealous. Do you get it? Uh-huh. But that zeal was according to his own strength. He believed in his strength. He didn't even say that if God helps me, I'll follow you to the end. He said, oh, me, dear. If nobody will follow me, I'll follow you. Do you get it? If nobody will follow you, me, I'll follow you. I think you understand it. Uh-huh. So the enemy capitalized on it. See, you. I know part of the people. I, I know part of the people. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I've not even seen him before. Do you get it? The enemy manipulated him in that zone. Just manipulated him. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Are we following? Yes. Not only that. So, there are other examples. We don't have time. Let's move on. We can move, go on and on and on. So, all these things, we are trying to establish that the enemy is a strategist. And he seeks out to see what weaknesses you have in yourself. That is why the Bible says that God does not tempt anyone. Do you know that? Yes. Then he said that our own desires, that's what the Bible says. The weakness we have in us is what the enemy capitalizes on. Our own desires. Let's read that scripture. So you remember. Amen. 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 I think yesterday we established um, that this thing. What do you call it? Um, oh, oh. When we're talking about the couple, I established that. Uh-huh. So today we are adding to that. James 1, verse 13. Mommy, go to James 1, verse 13 and read for us. James chapter 1, verse 13. James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. One, 
verse 13 and 14. I've told you if you don't know, go to the table of contents. Verse 13 and 14. God is not tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. So each one is tempted. One is drawn away. The devil drags you toward the things that you have desires for. That is where the temptation takes place. Do you get it? Then it says, well, continue, verse 14. Hey, verse 15, sorry. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this is the way the enemy works on, on a lot of us. Mind you, the Bible says that for the enemy come not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is what he's doing. So the desires, he drags us towards that. Okay? And then, if you are not strong, he produces sin. The sin will lead to death. You get it? Okay. Let's move on. So, he's strategizing. Now, so the other dimension of the strategy is focusing or evaluating the, the, the kind of weapons or missiles he released <laughs> against you. Amen. We'll just look at a few of them and then we'll end it. Okay. So, let's go to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. We are going to read from verse 13. I'm reading. Now, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them and struck down the, the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was just speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was here speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Amen. Okay, so yesterday we establish a few things about this matter. We spoke about how that when he left, he didn't go immediately. He took his time. He looked for the right time, the right opportunity. And we established that fact by establishing that the children were having their birthday, I mean, the celebration in terms on their birthdays. And he waited for the turn of the old, oldest brother or the oldest son because at that place, everybody will come. And the, the party will even be nice. Amen. 
three years. So the other siblings were there, they were having fun, and then he decided to strike. So he, st- he struck on different planes. He attacked the um, property of Job, attacked his servants, attacked his children. These are three different levels of connection and affection. Do you get it? Are we following? Among the property, we have camel, we have sheep, we have oxen and all of that. Within that context, we have, uh, because in those days, wealth was also calculated in terms of these animals. Not only that, but the oxen, for instance, are a means by which you work. Okay, so the oxen were already plowing. So there were instruments for working on his land and all of that. So he attacked the property. But he didn't only attack the property in terms of only what he have, but what he could have possibly had beyond that. Does it make sense? Do you understand? So though he's attacking you now, he's not only attacking you for now, he's attacking you for your future. That's what I'm talking about. The enemy... When he gets one chance, he doesn't hit you one. He hits you in a way that you feel it in the future. You <laughs> uh, feel it in the future. Do you get it? Uh, it's not like, no, he... And yesterday I was telling you guys a story. I remember something. I, I thank God that the Lord gave me that wisdom. But unfortunately, it was after, you know, the wrong thing had happened. Do you understand? Uh-huh. But... The Lord showed me the points. Like, he just connected the dot to me. This is what it is. He didn't get it. You see? Uh-huh. But the Lord will help us. So when the enemy attacks you now, don't only think that he's thinking about it. He's thinking about future. Always have that at the back of your mind. Always have that at the back of the mind. He's attacking you now, but he's not attacking for now. He's attacking for the future. You understand? Uh-huh. So be very, very mindful. There are a lot of examples we can take in scripture that will show us. For example, you see, after God brought the curse on the serpent and brought enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, there has been a struggle to make sure that that seed is contaminated or destroyed. And that has been the reason for the battles that we see in the scriptures all the nations that the jews fought against they fought against them because it's not because god just wants to kill people because the enemy was actually backing them to find the children of israel either physically or destroy their poster- posterity do you understand by mingling with them is it do intermarry with them and then as they intermarry they will lead them astray so that the seed that was promised to Abraham will not find expression. So when God said, kill these people, because if you don't kill them, they will come and kill you. And to the extent that when they entered the promised land, the, the people that they didn't sack, they were the people that were now fighting them. They became a thorn in their flesh. That's what the Bible says. Always worrying them. Always worrying them. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, Balaam, he understood this mystery. When he cursed the people and he didn't work, after he blessed him, now he went to the, the king, Balak, and gave him evil counsel. He said, let your girls 
go and sleep with their boys. Do you get it? Mix, mix. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> eh? Mix, mix the thing. If you mix it, they can't go far. <laughs> eh? and, and give them food offered to idols. Let them do things that God doesn't like. That's just what he was saying. So that's the point we are, we are dealing with. I think you get what I'm saying. Okay, so it's very, very important. So he was actually against them, trying to deal with something in the future. Because he didn't know the form that the Son of Man would take. Just like the way in Herod's time, he said, kill all the children. Because he didn't know which one. Just make sure every child is dead. Before he, he, <laughs> before he grows up. He attacked one, but he was attacking something in the future. Unfortunately, as we said from yesterday, God knew his mind. When he told Herod to kill everybody, he was saying, hey, something's about to happen. Move out. Do you understand what we are talking about? So don't let the enemy get you. Because if he gets you now, there's something in the future. If the Lord doesn't give you grace, you'll find it. you enter the future and say, ah, this is what he was doing. But he didn't get it now. You see? So that is on that level. Even with the servants, it's also on that level. The servants deal with management, deal with the security and all of that. There are so many things in there. I don't want to go too deep there. There are some other things I want you to see. Okay. So he attacked property, he attacked servants, he attacked sons. Sons also speak about, I mean, children or sons, yes, for that matter. Um, he also speaks about Job's own generation. He was trying to wipe out his generation so that after the death of Job, there's nothing like Job. So that righteous man that could have raised a righteous generation will be wiped out. Now, mind you, Job was one of the great men of the East. It wasn't only that. He was an enforcer of righteousness in the city. When you continue the book of Job, you are going to discover that. He was an enforcer of righteousness. He was teaching the young men how to walk with God, how to obey the covenant. So, he was not, he didn't just attack Job because Job has a lot, but also because of what Job represents. So he, he was attacking him so that he won't have the kind of influence that he has on the people. Do you get it? And watch all the friends of Job. They were all godly men. They were all godly men. And he was raising young people. If I let me give you an example, okay? Amen. Um, so that Sometimes I, 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 I ask us to read the scriptures because I believe it will help us. Job 29. Mommy, read. Job 29. You are reading from verse 1. This is a little long, but... You you just see what we are we are dealing with. He picked him up because of some things. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Which his children would have enforced. Job twenty nine, we are reading from verse one. I was 
friendship grows better than parents. Find the old friendship at school with me and my children were around me. Then my kids were very beautiful and the rock. They were very beautiful and the rock. Four house trees of oil for me. When I went out to the gates of the city. I rescued the poor. Very good. He helped the fatherless. He saved people that were dying. Okay. He helped widows. Very good. He was taking just decisions. So he was a judge in, in this land. Okay. The fangs. So this is another reason why there is. So he's destroying the work of the devil. He was destroying the work of unrighteousness, the work of wickedness. So the, the enemy was just looking for him. So as you're saying here, if you have decided that, oh, I'll stand for God. I'll do righteous things. I'll plead the cause of the jazz and this. Then know that somebody's monitoring you. So be careful. Be careful. And be careful. He's looking for a loophole somewhere. Be careful. Be careful. I broke the fangs of the righteous and made him drop his prey from his teeth. Mean that he rescued people. Then I thought, I shall die in my nest and I shall multiply my days as the sun. My roots spread out to the waters with the dew, and with the dew all night on my branches, my glory fresh with me, and my bow ever now, I may ever need my hand. Men listened to me and waited, and kept silence for my counsel. They came for advice from him. The princes of the land cried when he's talking, they keep quiet and then they listen to him. After I spoke, they did not speak again, and my word dropped upon them. They waited for me as for the rain. They, they, they wait for Job to come and sit down and teach them, instruct them in the ways of God. And they opened their mouth, asked for the spring rain. I smiled on them and they had no confidence. And the light of my face, they did not cast down. I chose their way and sat as chief. And I lived like a king among his troops, like one who comforts mourners. This is the way of Job. This is the way of Job. This is what we are talking about. So he was a figure of a righteous generation. And an enforcer of the decrease in the will of God. And was raising his, his children according to them. He said, no, I don't, I don't want this one. He, he shouldn't do well. Sometimes of the battles that he faces is actually because of the things that you stand for. And the things you want to champion. Because if you don't carry anything, the enemy is not interested in you. He doesn't fight unbelievers. Because they are already in his trap. What is he fighting you for? 
he has just marked your death day. He has just marked you that this guy uh, on this day will take him. But those of us that are, they are the people that is looking for. Do you get it? Are we following? Yes. So he, he attacked his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the children, the semen, all of these people have become symbols of righteousness. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I learned something. Yeah. Now, let's end with this. So, he decided to use four different mechanisms to attack Job all at the same time. The first group, we call them the Sabians. The Sabians. And when you go to the Bible, there are different places where this name is used. It's not very common. Sometimes they are mixed up with another group which are seen as the sons of Sheba or Seba, okay, in the Bible. So there are different connections, different associations. But there are a number of them that are, let me say, consistent with this discussion, which I want us to see. So the first thing is for us to read Isaiah chapter 45, the verse number 14. Isaiah 45, the verse number 14. Isaiah 45, the verse number 14. Yeah. So the Sabians were described as what? Men of stature. Who has NIV? Yes. And those tall Sabians. So, please pay attention. Now, the first thing I want us to realize is that it mentions what the first group of people it mentions was what? Of Kush. Kush is an old word which actually also speaks about the people that are in the Ethiopian area. You understand? Uh-huh. So, they, they have close proximity with these Sabians, okay, geographically and by, by, um, by nature also. So a lot of historians have written concerning the Sabians, have written concerning the Ethiopians, okay. Now, there are a number of things I want us to see. The statement of, uh, uh, what do you call it, tall Sabians or men of stature is used in other portions of scripture. In the Hebrew, okay? Now, when you read Numbers chapter 13, the verse number 32, when the Jews went to scout the land, eh, the people that they saw in the land, when they said they saw giants, this is the same phrase that was used. So when the enemy was sending people against Job, he didn't send ordinary men. Hallelujah. Do you get it? He didn't send ordinary men. He sent men of tall stature. And history, this was not in the Bible, but historically, there are some um, poets and historians that have written that these Ethiopians in those regions, some of them were as tall as 12 feet. Yes. Now, if you are defending your master's goods, 
and then a giant appears. Give me. Will you give or you not give? You give. And you even run for your life. But they didn't even give them the chance to run for their lives. They killed them. They killed all the servants. And the, and the devil ensured that. There was a spirit that had empowered them. They already had natural ability. Because the enemy was trying to use a certain factor. The fear factor. So they see the people and then they are already afraid. They are confused. How can we deal with these tall men? They were all sad. They killed all of them mercilessly and took everything that they had. So he sent the Sabians against them. Giants or tall men. So when the enemy wants to attack you, he's not going to attack you in a small way. He's going to deal with something mighty. Something very mighty. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sometimes you feel like, why is that this thing doesn't go away? Because he has enforced it. It's a giant. And if you don't rise up to deal with it, it will kill you. So he must also, you know, rise up and resist it. Because he, he's going to release his best. He, the, the, you see, the enemy is not like an action movie. The action movie, the main character, they'll beat him and then finally in charge. Yeah. Then begin, no, 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 no. The enemy doesn't do that. He, from start to finish, he, if he gets flawless victory, you will take. <laughs> he will give you his best. Yesterday I was telling you that if he has nu- nuclear bomb, he will release it. As we are talking right now, I'm sure he's putting it in somebody's mind to release, <laughs> to release nuclear bomb. Do you get it? Do you understand what I'm saying? So he released the Sabians. Okay, they are the same people that we find in First Chronicles. Um, same phrase, I beg your pardon, that is found in First Chronicles chapter twenty verse six. So we are talking about the giants or the men of renown in those days. So these were giants. He sent giants to them. So giants are known to have unusual strength or unnatural strength. They have unnatural. I mean, abilities that are not natural. They are very strong. So the servants of Job were no match for them. It's over. He didn't send them a group of people that the servants oh, now they were important and said that, oh, the attacker will beat them. No, you cannot beat these ones. You cannot beat these ones. Do you get it? All right. Number two, then he sent also the Chaldeans, which were another group of terrible people. In fact, in the, in the Greek, or let me say the Septuagint, the word that is translated child, Chaldeans, it's a word that means horsemen. So he used men that were swift, that were riding horses. Who, I'm going to show you a, a scripture verse so you, you get it very soon. But he used strength and then used swiftness. He used strength and used what? Swiftness. Very important. Now, go to Habakkuk chapter 1, the verse number 6. Let's look at the track record of the Chaldeans. You see what the devil was doing. He, he meant business. He didn't say, um, this, our country, which tribe is very calm? Fantis, yes. He didn't send Fantis to them. He didn't send um, Atamels' lineage. <laughs> He didn't send those people. 
hey, I'm reading a book about how the the church in Ghana started. I think the Fantas played a very major role. Yeah. Interestingly. Methodist, yes. Fantas, interesting, interesting. I read that Mankesim is the center of Hey, no, not good things. It was the center of the fancy powers. Uzi, see, <laughs> you don't pray. It was the center of the, the crutchy powers in fancy. Oh, no, no, I'm serious. Actually, I'm very serious. I'm very serious. <laughs> Please tell us. Habakkuk 1 from verse 6. <clears throat> I'm raising up the Babylonians. That's another w- word for the Chaldeans. That word, ruthless. They are ruthless people. Impetuous people. They sweep out across the whole earth to what? To seize. They take by force things that do not belong to them. They are in the nature of the devil. They carry up and down, go up and down. And then the enemy look for people that can do the job. He look for people that can do the job. My dear, if you are hiring someone, you look for people that can do the job. Yes, the enemy too, he knows how to hire people that can do the job. Finish job quickly. <laughs> and this evil crowd, when they came, they came with a strategy. Bible said they came as three groups. They divided themselves and then conquered. Hey, may God deliver us in the name of Jesus. Maybe we are dealing with a champion enemy. Ruthless guy, we don't know. But may the Lord deliver us. In the name of Jesus. Continue. They, they, they are already feared. They don't believe in anybody. They believe in themselves. They are their own law. That is the kind of people the enemy wanted to use. People that are ruthless. People that do not show mercy when they catch you. So that's why we talk about wicked spirits. They are wicked spirits. They don't understand mercy. Eh? But so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, eh? but against principalities and powers. We gain spiritual wickedness. 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 Please, so let's be mindful. When they were killing the people, they didn't care. In some of the versions, for our Instead of seven, you see young men. Okay, you see young men or people that are young. And concerning the, the children of Job, the reporter called them the young people. So they were still in the prime of their life. But then declared them. Amen. So he sent the Sabians, sent the Chaldeans, then he sent lightning. He sent lightning. Some verses say the fire of God. But most of the time, when you see that, it actually means lightning. Okay? It actually means lightning. So the enemy has control over the elements. And he can rouse the elements against a man. Mind you, is a prince of the powers of the air. So there are a lot of things that are in the air that can be controlled by the enemy. Including wind, which was the last thing that they used. Do you understand? Do you understand? So the enemy can control lightning. He can control floods. 
flood. He can control flood. He has power over the elements. Or he can produce elements. Or let me say counterfeit elements. But then they will have an effect on the people of God. Or on man. Let me put it that way. Not on the people of God, but on man. You understand? So he called the lightning against the people. The lightning sparked the fire. The fire consumed all the people. And it's very common. Uh, one of the leading cause of wildfires or bushfires is what? It's lightning. Did you know that? Madame, madame. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> You're going to ask a question. You're not asking again. <laughs> is it? Then he sent a whirlwind. The whirlwind was directed at the house where the people were feasting. Said that it broke down the four pillars. He didn't break one. He broke four pillars down. He, he, he targeted where when he breaks them, everybody will collapse. Because if we break one, maybe you pass the other side. But he broke the four pillars. They all went down flat. They all went down flat. These are strategies. He planned for them. And he ensured that for all the cases, there's one survivor who will bring the news to Job. He wanted to give him a heart attack. <laughs> he wanted to give him a heart attack. <laughs> he brought one survivor. And then the timing, they, they were simultaneous, like, Hey, Charlie, may God help us. Seriously, if Jesus hadn't come, like we are dead, though. Because you are dealing with a very wicked spirit. Very wicked, well calculated. Oh, no, 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 Charlie. In the book that I was reading, I read, I read that one of the things that the Methodist Church fought for was the abolition of human sacrifice. Because when they started in Ghana, yeah, they were doing human sacrifice. Their shanties were doing, their fanties were doing. I mean, almost everywhere they are doing human sacrifice. And one of the things that they fought for. I was very happy. I said, wow. Uh, you know, I, re- I read some interesting things. You know, you see. You lead people. You, 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 you see that. It, it was even a sign that it's evil spirit that we are worshipping. We are sacrificing another human being for someone else. You see? It's a sign. Human sacrifice. Was it the, anyway. The Lord help us. Amen. Okay. I think we'll end here because of time. But all these things are to show us that he carefully planned every arrow. Okay? He picked the right people for the job. The Sabians, the Chaldeans, he brought... Now, the other thing about a fire that is caused by lightning is that they actually move very fast. They move very fast. That's the other thing. So he just used the right thing. Like, you know, no escape for you. No escape for you. 
They say, no escape for you. No escape for you. At least we've heard of stories of people that have been, you know, hit by lightning. And most of them die on the spot. You see them bent. And the whole body is bent. So it's so quick. So quick. You see, so quick. May the Lord help us. In the name of Jesus. Please close your eyes. I want you to talk to God. I want you to talk to God. I want you to ask him to help you. Maybe you have noticed a weakness in you. And repeatedly the enemy has exploited that weakness. You have still not gained strength or mastery in that place. But I want to ask the Lord to help you. You want to tell God, God, help me. Help me. Father, help me. Father, you said we should come before you and obtain grace. Lord, release your grace. Help me, Father. Help me, Lord. Help me, Father. Help me, Lord. Father, help me. Lord, help me. Le maya manda shada branas ke bele bredulus. Zemadam blanda ske paramandos. Yada bayada bayana manos. Zila vele bradus mayo le gladila bradus beliata mengla satunen. Baya la baya bado shede branda sana melegredes. Yege de gede baravaza shada manda bradulas. Paya la balanga skapalia damila braduza. Manda zo shege de beyada beyada banda shata belegedes. Rada bayada bayala baramando sefele braninga skapala boys. Venamanda shara bayole bedigesa. Father help us. Lord in this season help us. Lord in this season help us. Father renew our strength. Make us better. Make us better. Make us stronger. Make us better, 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 oh God. Make us stronger. Make us better, make us stronger. Make us better, make us stronger. Be glorified, be glorified, Lord. Be glorified, be glorified, Lord. Be glorified, be glorified, Lord. We bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you help us. We pray that you perfect your will concerning us in the name of Jesus. In the afternoon, as I was there, the Lord showed me something. I saw that it was as if we were fetching water and we're filling our bottles. You know, I, I believe that over here, God is refilling our bottles for what lies ahead. And I pray that even as we, we are still waiting on God, and we are even getting to where, I mean, we will pray. We are asking the Lord that He should fill us with every virtue that we need. Every virtue that we need, we ask that the Lord fills us with it. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.